Though I am long dead, as you read this, Explorer, I offer you a valediction. Don't cry for me, because I'm already dead. Nice. Hit the theme music. Hey. Is that Marvin Martian? What? Marvin Martian? Marvin the Martian? Marvin the Martian? Marvin the Martian. I mean, he says the famous Barney Gumble quote? Oh, is that, oh, is that was Barney? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that, no, I get it now. It clicked with me now. Yeah, Marvin Martian said that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't cry for me. I'm already dead, Earthling. Yeah. 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 Adds up. Ma- that, makes that's sense. cool. That makes sense. Welcome, listener readers. Hi. To... Oh, slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on Looney Tunes. It's always on short fiction. It's always on Toonie Loons. It's always on the differences between science fiction and fantasy. It's always on hard sci-fi. It's always on deep, meaningful, human, philosophical stories that are told through a genre. It's always on soft sci-fi. It's always on uh, air... Yeah. All right. Gabriel. It's always on waiting to exhale. <laughs> Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and an audio, an audio producer. I was an oddcast producer. I'm an oddcast producer. An oddcast producer. Also a member of... Uh, of uh, uh, of Odd Future? Yeah, thank there you. you. That's exactly gotcha. what the joke was going for. Daniel and I have a hive mind going. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's I'm all about it. Um, Daniel, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez, Aye. an audio producer, editor, writer, and an author mm. of note. <laughs> True. Uh, and that's and this is the end of the show. All right, bye everybody. Bye. Right Another now. great talk. Another great talk. All right, now Gabriel, mm-hmm. let's go. Let's stop monkeying around because we got a big book to monkeying discuss right around. now. We're gonna mon- we're gonna stop monkeying around. Hey, mm. hey, we're the monkeys. Okay. Because Gabriel, we've been reading this book for a while, and I can't wait to finally talk about the Poisonwood Bible uh-huh. by Barbara Kingsolver. Yep. The book that we keep saying we're gonna recover next this week. time and next week, and uh-huh. we keep saying, oh, you know, we didn't have time. Let's do a short story. Yeah. Gabriel. Yep. How much did you love reading? The Poisonwood Bible. Hey, I'm I'm invested. I just don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Um, it's a big one. Yeah, it, it is a big one. Gabriel, it is so big, I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, th- for a good reason. For the past week, I've been kind of overwhelmed with a project that I should have been farther along. Mm-hmm. And basically, I had to spend basically all this, any like reading time, essentially, reading that. Uh, and it's a big project, so yeah. Yeah. Daniel is a professional. I'm a professional busy person. He takes care of his Japanese piece, Lily. Uh-huh, I do, even though I, that fucking B word. Daniel does so many crunches. She, she, he, he, the tips are always browning on that thing, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just the personality of the piece. Bring Lily. all of them. All of them. Bring all of them? Sorry. Oh, sorry, it's everyone. Not all of them. Oh, is it uh, Leon? Is that yes. It? Okay, good job. Professional. Gabriel. Yeah. So yeah, we, we didn't fucking read the. No, we didn't. Sorry, yeah. everyone. It's a really big book. I am enjoying it though. I, I definitely want to get into it. Like, uh, it's, I'm it's, looking forward to it. It's not a breezy read, but there's something about it that's very, very captivating. Yeah, well, again, I mean, it... Oprah liked it. So, <laughs> and Oprah liked Lot in August. Let me say it again. Lot in August. <laughs> Lot in August. <laughs> Oprah liked Lot in August. The toyous Australian book, Light in August. Lot in August. <laughs> My. Oh, God. All right. Gabriel, so... Yes, you're we're not, welcome, we're everyone. Not, we're not reading that one. We're a real book club podcast. Gabriel. Podcast. 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 Oh, we podcast. podcast. podcast down under. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Dingoes. This is not doing Irish uh, accents. Yeah, I don't... We're not actors. All right. Gabriel. Uh-huh. We have a short story to talk about. We sure do. A story that I have read, mm-hmm. uh, I read uh, a while ago, mm-hmm. um, and we're returning to a book that we've touched on before. We sure briefly. are. Gabriel. We're picking up Ted Chang's 2019 short story collection, Yeah, Exhalation, the story, Exhalation. All right. Do we have a name for this subseries, or is it just another short story? Uh, 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 Changing <laughs> Time? Ch- Changing Time? Uh, um, is it Ch- Chang's for the Memories? Ch- the, I don't know. I, I feel like you can just steal any of like the various- uh, Community you, puns? Har- uh, community, yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. say Harmontown. Yeah. Community puns. And, Changnesia. And, Changnesia. Yeah, we can call it Changnesia. Mm-hmm. Just to be totally uncreative sure. about yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe we should. Um, I'm curious about how we're going to go Exhalation sensation? Because, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. We had, sexalation. We had sexalation? Mm-hmm. Is that we want to... Yes. Why, why is it sexalation? Because it's head Chang and hard sci-fi is sexy. 
I mean, can you read this like this wonderful short story without having a boner? Oh my god, no! Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was just it's like it's a ways of pleasure and then a very sharp finish at the end. Yeah, hey, that's why they call it hard sci-fi. Am I right? So changing the subject, right? go on. <laughs> changing the subject, uh huh. Gabriel, yes. Uh, so we've talked about Ched Ch- Ted Chang. Ched before. Chang. Oh boy, here mm-hmm. it starts. Uh, we talked about Ted Chang before. Yeah, we did on um, uh, the Merchant and the Alchemist Gate. Yes. Uh, which Gabriel? Um, that was the first I think Chang story that you've read. Very true. Um, did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I, I you know I'm a, I, I said in the episode I'm a big fan of Arabian Nights. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of incorporating fantasy and mythology into sci-fi. Yes, and it's. One of the one of the big reasons, because I said even last time, it's like I don't necessarily want to make a sub series out of this book, mm-hmm. but like I do want to clearly, and I definitely think that you would obviously would have gotten this now. It's like I can't stress how different each story he writes is. Yeah, like it's it's amazing. Like it, he almost met, he almost puts um uh, what's his nuts to shame? George, Sanders, Georgie Saunders, yeah, old old Georgie Saunders. Saunders. Yep. Um, so both technical writers, both technical, both technical writers, both uh, short fiction writers, and yeah. both uh, uh, sci-fi writers. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a sci-fi. Both hardcore dudes. Sa- Sanders is award winners, big deals. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, well, Saunders writes sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... Um, I remember, I finally remember the title of that short story that I really want to make you read. Um, offloading from Mrs. Schwartz. That's hey. like a really great one. Hey, next but time that was his breakthrough. Next time we're doing a short fiction, let's do that. I think maybe from now on, a short fiction. Whenever we're like can't decide to do something, let's just do alternate Chang and Sanders. Saunders. For now, Saunders. Saunders. And maybe an Oats now. Though. Barney Saunders. We should do an Oats for Halloween. Sure. A spooky I mean, let's, uh, October's coming up. We can take a break from the Strand and just do nothing but horror stories. <laughs> Didn't we do that last year? Sort of? Oh, I have no I idea. I think I suggested it, but we never did it. Gabe, okay, I spent all of 2018 drunk. Mm, that's fair. So anyway, Ted Chang. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we touched him before. As as uh, we, we touched just, him before. We touched him before. Uh, yeah, no, he... Uh, in the case, uh, Georgie Saunders is a sellout because he fucking wrote a novel. Yeah. Chang? Short stories. Also, maybe even a more hardcore sellout because he made a movie out of one of his short stories. This, um, the classic Arrival, which everyone should see. True that. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of how at least I've heard of yeah, if, Ted um, Chang. Listeners, I mean, if you're just jumping into the random episode, Ted Chiang, he, um, uh, the short story, Story of Your Life. The Story of Your Life, yeah. Um, became Arrival, the movie starring Amy Adams, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Denis? Great movie. See it. Great movie. It's yeah. on Hulu. It, it's really fantastic. Um, I can't. Yeah, let's just let's just talk. Starring about, the Renner. Uh, Arrival. So like that was kind of our uh, at least you know it's like our first introduction. We're sure like you know more literary people and whatnot probably been following for a while, especially yeah. big science fiction readers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, similarly, 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 uh, to uh, the stories that we've read by him so far. Yeah. Uh, he has this wonderful kind of melding between. Uh, like hard hard science fiction and like concepts and whatnot, like some very big ideas, uh, kind of like just melded seamlessly with he- very human stories, very philosophical stories. Yes. So I did a little bit of research into him. Okay. I don't want to do too much because I we did a little I did a little bit of for for him last yeah. time. Um, and again, there's not much, but I have some little interesting tidbits. Um, he was born in uh, 1967. Okay. The year uh, mm. Los Samurai came out. Oh, great. That's the significant thing. That's how I know that. about that year. Uh, yeah. Uh, Multi Hugo and various science fiction, sci fi, fantasy yeah. awards. You name it, he won it. He won them all. He won them all. Um, Nebulas, he, Hugos, Poe's. Actually, to be honest, I'm not sure if he did win yeah. those. I'm assuming he did. I'm sure he won a Nebula and a Hugo. Why he, would he not? He deserves them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Poe's. Let's a give him a Tony horror. just because. I think Poe's a little horror, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, there's I'm a detective assuming. one and a horror one, Poe. I, I don't think he's ever done. I don't know. Well, I mean, again, I don't know. Maybe he does. horror. Um, so yeah, he very much considers himself specifically a short story science fiction writer mm-hmm. and he prefers the genre because he can, uh, seamlessly kind of meld in like philosophical ideas and whatnot. And I dig it. For him, science fiction is like the genre to do that. Uh, uh, as, uh, we, actually, no, we didn't say it before. We said it last time. Uh, he writes science fiction on the side. Um, he never meant to be a full-time writer and is kind of happy the fact that he is still like the writer of this fucking book and whatnot. These like award-winning author. Is he author, still a technical writer? Is, is, he is a primarily a freelancing technical writer. Wow. Uh, and he writes science fiction on the, and he actually, I read an interview with him. I skimmed it actually. Sure. Uh, but basically he says, it's like, yeah, no, there's probably a smarter thing to do if you want to basically write fiction on the side. Cause you don't want to be a technical writer on your day job. And then also an, a fiction writer on your side job because yeah. then you're just, you're just writing your ass out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a term. Yeah, totally. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. And he wanted to be a physicist as a kid. I mean, what about those arrival dollars? Um, he still needs to be a technical writer. Oh man. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, 
Maybe that's why he's a freelancer. I don't know. There you go. He just does whatever he wants. Uh, Much like Miyazaki, he just hangs out a Def Leppard t-shirt <laughs> and smokes a pack and a half a day. And uh, shows, kids, shows kids around his like his like apartment. Yeah, <laughs> this cantankerous dude. Like what? Yeah, that's Totoro. Yeah, he comes out with like a like a he's like a little drunk and he has like a cigarette. He's like, oh come on, kids. Yeah, come on. You want to see this thing? You want to look at the sketches for Kiki? Are any of you mine? <laughs> I get around. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, technical writer. Yeah, uh, and he only has two. Two books. I yeah. mean, he's been right. He's been publishing short fiction since the '90s, but his two books are stories of your stories of your life mm-hmm. and 2019's Exhalation, which yeah. came out earlier this year. So, Whoa. Um, here is his process for writing. Okay. Step one: start writing. Comes up with an idea. Okay. Mulls it over for a while. Sure. Step two: writes the ending. Okay. Step three: writes the beginning. Okay. Step three: writes the quote-unquote middle. Four, you mean? Step four. Uh, <laughs> basically, writes the middle in like a kind of random order. Like he basically like kind of like writes things Patrick as they come style. to him and That's whatnot. Cool. I think he focuses on like the big important things first, mm-hmm. and then he just basically fills it in until like basically the beginning and the end meet. Cool. Um, which uh, not to get too much into it is um, I do something not necessarily in that order, but I also have like that random kind of thing. It is a mess to edit every time. I believe that <laughs> it is so fucking it is so time consuming. Mm-hmm. But that's how you get things done. Uh, that said, um, so. Here's a very interesting quote I wanted to read, and this is the last thing I have. Uh, It's it's from an interview from Mm. Medium.com. The interviewer asked him, like, the difference between, like, science fiction and fantasy. Uh, Chang, of course, writes science fiction, not fantasy. Yeah. Um, And basically, he he took it down to, like, the concept of magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is the quote. The difference between magic and science is at some level a difference between the universe responding to you in a personal way. The universe being entirely impersonal. Hmm. So... That's, That's very Doctor Who. It, it is. And uh, he also said, like, there's also different kinds of, like, magic you consider. But basically, that is how he kind of decides that. Like, for example, there is, uh, like, like religious magic and whatnot. There's, like, intuitive magic, whatever. Anyway, sure. He's, there's Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That, I never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yeah. So, that's all I have to say about Chang. Do you think Ted Chang likes Doctor Who? I have no idea. I, I mean, wonder. he's he's a fiercely intelligent person. I, I hear he was super against female Doctor Who. That's not true. <laughs> he, no, I, no, I made no, that no. up. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Chang's over there. It's like, I, su- <laughs> what, I support no, women. I love her. <laughs> I love Broadchurch. Uh, remember, remember, remember Attack the Block? She's in that. <laughs> That's my impression of Ted Chang. What do you mean? I love women. I did. I'm not going to do it right now. I actually did watch Look like Look at a... this manual I wrote about women. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I did watch like a brief video. No, it wasn't brief. It was like an hour, 15 minutes. What does it I sound like? Watched it briefly. Uh, is he like super ghetto? Yes. Yeah, super, super ghetto. <laughs> I see Jesus. pictures of him. He's like this really mild Asian man of a ponytail. He, he, like picture an Asian technical writer. That's Ted Chang. Yeah. And he's like fiercely intelligent and very considerate. And like when you, when you put him in front of a crowd, he might be slightly nervous. It's like, yeah, he sounds like that. Yeah. Um, so. You just know he has toys all over his house. That's it. Well, yep. I should actually look this up. No, you. I'll look it up over here. Gabriel, <laughs> this is the first time that you've read Exhalation. I have, yes. The story, not yep. the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Gabriel, tell us, what is Exhalation about? Boy, that's a difficult question. Yeah, no, so, Exhalation is written almost like an epistolary kind of story. It's a letter, almost, addressed by a scientist in a... Gosh, I don't know how to describe this world. So the basic way I can describe it is that a scientist who belongs to a race of mechanical beings mm-hmm. is ruminating on the nature of air and lungs and air pressure and how it relates to time. Yeah. Um, he makes a discovery, not unlike Dr. Daisuke Ito does, about um, the way the mechanical brains and air works together by performing surgery on himself and discovers... That ultimately, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When everything stops, there's a term for it. It's like it's like heat death, but or like inertia. Yeah, no, like yeah, I know you're saying it's um, there is a term for it. There's a technical term. I'm blanking for for that, but yeah, at us. But basically, it's this letter to future generations to see um how if they figured out what to do about this problem with air and equilibrium, Mm -hmm. and also hoping that people embrace the lives they have now. Yes. And that's the best way I can describe this, ex- this extremely technically written, piece-by-piece, scientific-feeling thing. It feels like a technical book mm-hmm. or a side note written by Masamun Shiro. Yeah. 
No, that, that that's fine. It, it like again compared to the Merchant and the Alchemist Gate, mm-hmm. which, as you said, basically reads completely in the style of like a, like a story from the Arabian yeah, Nights, like a it's, fable. It's that kind of fabular kind of story and whatnot. And then like this one is the other way around. Yeah, it is it, it is it, it is just as lived in mm-hmm. and just as well thought out of its own sense of like mystical wonder to it. Yeah. But it's approached from the angle of pure science fiction. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't get much harder sci-fi than this. No, it do- it doesn't. Um, except the Andromeda Strain. There you go. <laughs> a fucking book, a movie. Actually, I've only seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember a war- thing of it. Sure. Uh, that's it. I remember it being good. Uh, I haven't seen All it. Right. Gabriel. Okay. So yeah, um, yeah, like in terms of what happens and whatnot, you made the good point. Like we're introduced very, we drop, we're dropped very sharply into like the story where like the uh, unnamed uh, uh, physicist, mm-hmm. an- scientist, anatomist, whatever. whatever yeah. He's an anatomist. Uh, robot man, kind of describing about how uh, people like the kind of way that people take out the used air tanks from their chest. Yeah. Quote then, unquote people. Yes. Uh, it's because again. Yeah, well, it's it does. A lot, yeah. It does the Ishiguro thing, where yes, it pres- it, it drops you into a world, uh-huh. expecting you to know everything, but without slowly filling in details of this world you know nothing about. And I love that. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. This is very like a Ishiguro ish. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And like for me especially, because I read I read this immediately after reading The Merchant and the Alchemist mm-hmm. Gate. So it really took like me... Like Whiplash? Like, yeah, it was like Whiplash, where like I didn't understand what the fuck was going on for the first few pages. Yeah. I don't know if you had the same... <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, like, I, It's been a while since I've read Alchemist Gate, yeah. but jumping into this one, I, I, love the pe- I love that writing technique, slowly peppering in the elements of your fantastical world mm-hmm. and treating it like it's science. That's awesome. Yeah, fantastic. There's like... It's in a way that like describing this completely fantastical world... Mm-hmm. Without exposition, essentially, yeah, love like that. Like the actions are are expos- Like the 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 research that he's doing and and whatnot. Yeah, like a big section of like the middle of the story is that this this uh this dude, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this bro, the scientist, the scientist guy who um does lectures and whatnot, kind of opening up his arm, kind of showing people like the look pistons, at the inside, yeah, look at, yeah, look at look at the inside of us, which is he needs kind of like uniquely that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He basically finds a way. Through a system of like mirrors and I guess like kind of just like you know, uh, uh, whatnot. Yeah, to... imagine I'm uh, the video for all is full of love, except everyone's just like doing their job. Yeah, I imagine they all look like that too. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But uh, the sky vodka robots. But he essentially like a man like he does uh he dissects his own brain mm-hmm. to discover the the realities behind this thing and the actual con- con- conundrum is that there is <laughs> fuck. God, uh, there is a clock tower mm-hmm. that basically seems to suddenly be moving kind of, uh, it was uh, faster. Moving too fast, yeah. Uh, slightly faster, yeah. and everyone thought Annually, it was... Annually, there's a poem um, recitation that happens on the dot, yeah. and then across like their entire world, everyone's poem is being cut short because of the clock, and everyone's like, that doesn't make any sense. The clock is perfectly attuned. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, and it has something to do with this discovery about how basically each of these people function mm-hmm. and about how there is on the inside of like, the, the brains, there's like a gold, there's like a series of just like gold leaves that basically flutter. Yeah, that's their brains. That, that is essentially, yeah, that is the, mm-hmm. the, like the nucleus of their brains or whatever. Yeah, it's, it, I, it's the descriptions of his own surgery is awesome. It's taking yeah. off the, like the large flat plates of his head. <laughs> and uh, there's a, there's one sentence in here that yeah. like, it was the moment I was like, okay, this is a difficult read and not my style at all, but I love, like, here's one. I'm like, okay, this is great. Okay. Um, so he's already doing the entire surgery after like a long laborious description of the tubes and the devices that it's, it's like, it's like Lovecraft in that sense that he's describing something very boring so he can sideline you of something fantastic and really hit you for brick. So he's describing this long, long surgery. Mm-hmm. And then he says this. I knew it was possible I had impaired my capacity to think and was unable to recognize it, but performing some basic arithmetic tests suggested that I was uninjured. And it was something else about, like, it occurred to me as well that I'd probably die, but doing this anyway was important to me. <laughs> it's like this great kind of, and another moment, and it's, it's, it, it explains this kind of trifecta of thoughts for me, it's that he, uh, when he realizes the truth of what's going on with their brains in the air, he has this moment of deep deep like cosmic terror Mm -hmm. but then he's like luckily for me by chance my eyes are facing forward so i could not see the interior of my own brain and the air going out of it i'm like that's awesome yeah gabriel yeah how did you feel about the story overall hated it 
<laughs> just couldn't stand it. Couldn't hit. Couldn't Top stand to bottom. It. Ted Chang, more like Boo Chang. More like Ted change your lifestyle, bro. Oh, <laughs> go back to technical writing. Yeah, more like technical writing. Oh, oh that, that's all right. Good. Um, I thought it uh, this isn't really my style, but I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And really, for all those elements I just told you about, the Lovecraft style to it, that kind of sense of science and wonder, and an ultimately good-hearted message, like. I like the idea of confronting the com- the complete doom of the unknown and fear and mm. being like, meh, and then moving on because you aren't going to. Yeah. Uh, and finding hope in that, which is beautiful. And essentially, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't no, totally agree. I, but I want to, I want to say like, it's not so much like he went like, meh, it's more just like, there's an acceptance. Must move forward. Yeah. There's an acceptance. And obviously this guy has a very curious scientific mind and whatnot about, about uh, what's going on and whatnot. So mm-hmm. His thing is like basically that, yeah, he's like the whole story is apparently him sending a message and whatnot to what he calls future explorers. His engravings, as he calls his them. engravings, yes. Um, and that for basically if people, because um, the universe itself, and maybe we should probably describe this for the people who aren't going to read this and whatnot. And it's, it's a Truman Show. It is. It is essentially, yeah, like their world essentially has like like is like essentially like a dome, mm-hmm. an artificial dome, essentially like almost like a what do you call it, like a snow globe? I imagine. Sure. And um. The thing, the 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 big terror that's going on, the as you call like the heat death or whatnot of the universe, yeah. whatever that term is, mm-hmm. um, is that basically there is there is some kind of like immense pressure that was like basically kept inside this this contained this like sealed dome essentially, mm-hmm. and basically as like the pressure slowly like dissipates, dissipates, dissipates. Him, her too. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially the 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 breeze that basically keeps them all alive and whatnot like their air tanks and everything the, the very reason that they function mm-hmm. um is going to cease to be yes and which is also explains how time seems to be changing yeah so if their own perce- like the clocks are fine is their own perception of time that's slowing down yes exactly um and yeah so and so the idea is that like they're reaching this point where the i forgot what it was called like the great e- equilibrium or whatnot yeah uh, and, or as the title uh, refers to this great exhalation yes. until the equilibrium and whatnot uh, basically just ceases them to be no longer functioning and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and his message is that like, is like, well, this is the story. This is what mm-hmm. we are and whatnot. So, yeah, it's you know. um, basically the title, you know, the theme of, uh, of um, Bill and Ted's excellent journey, excellent adventure. Um, exactly. Be excellent, my dudes. Yes, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. No, I mean, uh, it is it is an environmentalist kind of story, basically saying yeah. it's like, well, you know our universe it relied on these resources and whatnot and then the resources ran out and there's yeah. nothing we can do about it so just keep in mind that look what happened to us we kind of went yeah. into the dark so yeah that reminds me daniel for you so the whole metaphor for it um i suppose it could stand in for anything but in my mind i'm like is it is it just life itself is it energy is it literally air what, what did it read for you like mean like the the air in the term of exhalation yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I basically just took that as like earth dwindling resources and whatnot. Like, okay. th- like he, this is basically the story about um a people who uh ran out of life force essentially, and then in a sense that's like it's it is a universal concept that in this universe there is the exhalation. For us, we're like you know we're going to be killing oceans. And, yeah, and, and... I suppose you can see that as well. There's that entire great little passage where he talks about um uh, the, the the reservists, people who are like desperately trying to make like a perpetual motion machine to make sure the air renews itself without expanding too much more. Yeah, and how people like have multiple failed experiments. Uh-huh. But that's really cool. You know, it it is that that's how Do I. You took think it. they fart, Daniel? No. Yes, robots don't fart, but robots don't breathe either. Yeah, it's it's that's the inter- that's a really fucking cool thing. The idea that these are these are essentially robots. Yeah, I, I guess that's the term. They're like battle angel leader robots. But but they function entirely not on necessarily energy, but air. Air. Yes. Yeah. I just they're like plants. It's a very it's a fucking yeah. No. It's a great great little short story, and I recommend anyone read uh, it. It just occurred to me that perhaps we should bring our friends from the Whip Around onto the show again to discuss more Ted Chiang because um, friend of the show, Sean Hayes, is a writer and other friend of the show, Phil Laporta, is a scientist. Well, how about this? So cross sections, y'all. They are totally welcome onto the show if they're not a bunch of sniveling cowards. Bunch of bunch of cowards, yellow bellies. Bunch of yellow bellies, those two, because let me tell you something. The invitation has been thrown down. Time for those bunch of pussies mm-hmm. to kind of put their goddamn... Take their foot out of their mouths. Yep. Or yep. basically put their foot, they can return to the mouth, but they need to goddamn use that foot for yeah. whatever reason it was made for. Mm-hmm. 
Step into the show. What's the matter, McFly? Got no scrote? Yeah. What's the matter, McFly? McFly! Yeah, no. No, that'd be, no, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be fun. Um, Any hoozles. Yeah, yeah uh, my opinion on this Yeah, what's your is, thoughts? Is that, uh, um, how, how do you like the story, Daniel? Yeah, look, look, this is your second time reading it, or did you not reread it? I, no, I, I skimmed it the second time. Okay. Just because I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Again, like I'm still kind of missing some of those, like, yeah, this thing. Yeah, once I, once I accept that I'm not going to understand and visualize every little thing, I started reading it much faster. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, I'm trying to paint what each of these little <laughs> tubes do, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I should have all, I'm sorry, I should have also said this story originally was published in 2008. <gasps> so, 11 years ago. The year I was born. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel is only 11 years old. I'm only 11 uh, years pe- old. People out there don't realize that I uh, host this with a child. <laughs> yeah. No, um... In a tiny closet. Uh, <laughs> with me. Yep. Uh, so, like, uh, no, no, The like I said, the first time I read this, I had whiplash because I just read the first story, The, the Alchemist or whatever, and um, and I love that. And then go to this, and it's such a completely different pace, style, and like tone. And again, like the imagery. Whereas like the other one, it you can kind of picture things. This one, it is a hard. Like I remember, I read like the first page without getting. It's like oh, taking out the yes. Lungs. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it was very slow getting into it the first time, but and then like once I I kind of I was like. Oh my God! Is that what's going on and whatnot? Yeah. By the time that he's like getting into operating his own brain, mm-hmm. I was gone like a steady path, whatnot. It, I, as I warned you beforehand, I was like, it's yeah. kind of dense. It is. So, um, so be prepared for that. Uh, but it, it was the dense that really like the 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 message and and emotions and tone are all there. You do not need to get bogged down with the technical stuff. Yeah, though the, part of it is the charm of it. But yeah, it is. And again, this is like <laughs> as you said before, like kind of like the Mazarin Shiro-ness of the story, yeah. uh, I which do, I, I dislike intensely. You, you dislike it. I love that uh, Ghost in the Shell and his stories and whatnot. I love. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the idea that like he is able to give like the colorization and like the texture of this world by basically having it like this hardly this hard technical and whatnot mm-hmm. even though like it's not necessarily important that you know exactly how those things function and whatnot work yeah that's um, that's another conversation for another time yeah. let's do a shiro at some point because i'd love to discuss this with you because i find it fascinating <laughs> that, that, that'd be interesting um because i'm like like ma- mass my man this functions just as well without me needing to know exactly how the turbines work of this machine that's in the background of the scene. Yeah, no, no. It also is it's for just a, coloring. It's I also, get it. It's also for a kind of like a different audience because don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, it's not I, for me, that's for sure. The, like, listen, I like I'm not like a mech person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking into. You're more of a Windows kind of guy. I forgot what the fuck it was called. But um, that's but, a funny joke I told. I, I completely I didn't get the reference. That's fine. I didn't get the reference. That's okay. What is the reference to? You said you're not a mech guy. Like, so you're more of a Windows guy. windows don't worry about it. okay all right that was very funny all right well i'll get this i'll get this joke when i listen to it next yes <laughs> uh gabriel no um but no i was saying like i'm not a huge mech person but there is like there is definitely an audience for people who just like love like the technical yeah, stuff love about the mechs. know-how um and that said the kind of guys who build like gundam figurines and buy like replicas of the enterprise well it's not just that but people who like legitimately like in their spare time like who are very very intelligent about this and like engineer ways to make sure. like to make robotics work and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh the 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 universe of for example ghost in the shell masmin shiro's i'm sorry classic uh, graphic novel and whatnot sure. that solidified cyberpunk for the people who aren't in this conversation directly uh-huh. um it's uh yeah no it has a lot of like technical stuff and whatnot just because like he very much much wants to a good portion of the story is just about like how that universe works that's yep. it good story this one yeah so <laughs> no, clearly but, you liked it no the, the i'm sorry like the masmo show stuff i can appreciate what i was saying before the long ter- uh, tangent yeah uh-huh. but like but no ultimately what does it is like again like the environmentalist kind of message at the end uh also spoiler i read one of the like the shortest uh, story in this already because just on My a lark God. where i was like yeah this one's six pages long i may as well fucking read it okay and it's like it's like a hard environmental statement it reminds me of jeff vandermeer's the strange bird because of just okay. like it is like a it's a very small simple story that has like this very hard the kind of like pang to it and whatnot sure um i'm all about pangs so like yeah no i'm interested so yeah clearly he has like an environmentalist interest um and that said like i've read three stories of this book i've had it since it came out um I want to keep reading more but this is not final thoughts it's not gabriel i think i tell you what i think we should go on break <gasps> and we'll come back we have a game. Like I must... made a game. Gabriel made a game. And then we're going to... a new game, too. A new game? Yeah. Oh. New game plus, baby. New game plus, baby. Like Chrono Cross, baby. And Trigger. And Trigger. Uh... <laughs> did you know that Chrono Trigger invented the new game plus? It did? 
Yeah. Oh, cool. First game to have that. To be honest, I didn't really know that it had New Game Plus. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a hardcore Chrono Trigger guy. I, actually, I don't think I've ever played... I got uh, every ending but one. Uh, I watched my brother play uh, Trigger. Great game. I never I never played it myself. I tried playing Cross several times, but I just... I, Cross is almost impenetrable to me. I it, cannot get behind it. It's just that so game. dense, and you get so... Th- I don't it, give a shit about any of these characters. It is the idea that there are so many characters and whatnot, and like it is like a Pokemon game of essentially yeah. collecting them all. And then I it's, couldn't it get sounds like a great idea without without like sacrificing kid. And I'm like, well, I won't do that. That that is the crazy thing, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't like screw like, talking about touching. Like, so a code in like I don't like huge cast like RPGs, and I love JRPGs. I, I would actually dare say that like the the concept of that, the idea that you can have an RPG like a JPRG like this, mm-hmm. where you can there's like. 40 characters that you that are completely optional mm-hmm. that like the idea is just to explore it's like collectibles but like yeah. in a more playful manner like that sounds awesome yeah but i always get so overwhelmed by yeah same it. i stick at the same party for every game i play yeah. last thought on chrono cross before we go to break i forget where it said it, it might have been the wave back podcast or it might have been a like a an av club game uh-huh. thing but they're like chrono cross is the game that has the biggest discrepancy between me hating the game and loving the soundtrack wow i'm assuming they love the soundtrack yeah i love okay. the soundtrack don't really care for the game okay. anyway that's it okay so that's I'll some more bourbon yeah uh so we're gonna go on break right now when we come back uh one of us will be dead oh no is it me all right go to break Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener. Readers. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Yes, that was a long-ass break. I'm sure. I Thank know. you so much. It's only I six know. seconds. Bunch of fucking goddamn. I so needy. So to fucking cheebers. Slow readers. Uh, America's Fast Face Literature Podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Totes. A show about books. About reading. A show about Gabriel. About me? Yeah, about you. All right. Well, there's not much to me. Right. If you want to learn all about me, please check out Self-Evident Asian mm. America Stories, <laughs> Episode 3, The Talk You're Supposed to Have. Yeah, yeah. You'll learn way more about me than I ever anticipated I'd be sharing. You'll know all about the inside of Gabriel's butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like that one, uh, that one pornographic young lady whose butt is an octopus tattoo. What? That's one of the most hideous things I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what you're talking about, but Gabriel, moving on. Yep. Uh, so we have a game to play. We sure do. And Gabriel, you've illustrated this one. That's not the word I want to illustrated use. Illustrated this one? That is not the word. It's like Sports Illustrated for kids? Gabriel, you've drawn this one on, uh-huh. on a big pad, and you're showing me it right now. That's right. Uh, Gabriel. It's what? a big drawing of a butt. What is this game? With an octopus in it. So, Daniel, this game... Well, here, first of all... Okay. Um... Ted Chiang is a wonderful science fiction author, and that got me thinking about other fun science fiction things, mm-hmm. and things like Vidge Games. Vidge Games? Vidge Games. Vidge Games. Which you and I may have been known to partake of. I've never heard of it before. And along with those, you know what else Ted Chiang has been all about? Technical writing? It's some Hugos, baby. Oh, okay, cool. So this game is called Hugo Girl. Okay. And right. I'm going to give you a brief description of a story, I've re- rewritten them slash copy pasted, mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me, are they a Hugo Award winner slash nominee, mm-hmm. or is it a Steam sci-fi game? Oh wow! Okay, all right. So <laughs> you might know every single one of these games uh, or these stories. So this might be an easy one for you, Daniel. I- I'm curious. I don't have a lot of hopes in myself, but we'll 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 see. I'm very I'm very interested to see how this go, mm-hmm. and I'm very interested to see what kind of music I'll use for this. Yeah, use some fun sci-fi shit. Oh, yeah. use some cool like like. Yeah, don't you just hate how there's fucking ads on that. I know. I got. Do I'm you, a, I don't want to pay three dollars for this app. <laughs> also, by the way. Push notifications, right? Yeah. Push no- yeah, I'm sorry. We're talking about the soundboard a- app and whatnot. Like, randomly, it'll just send me a thing that says, like, bark, bark, bark. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I know. You're on my phone. What? What? What do I need? Oh. Good one, a- Daniel. That's the punchline of every goddamn sentence. I'm Ready, sorry. Daniel? Yes, I am. Cue the cyberpunk music. Was that a- How many questions are there? There was one, and a two, and a three, and a four, and a five, and a six. All right, cool. Now go ahead. I'm All sorry. right. Here's your first one, Daniel. Okay. In a dystopian future, where time is strictly regulated, the Master Timekeeper has the power to revoke your life if you run out of time. Our perpetually late hero must don a fanciful disguise and engage in acts of whimsical rebellion, 
such as showering factory workers of jelly beans, or using a bullhorn to publicly encourage people to ignore their schedules in order to fight the good fight against the master timekeeper and society at large. Daniel, is this a Hugo Award-winning slash nominee story, or is this a game you can buy at the Steam store? Shit. Uh, <laughs> well done, Gabriel. Yes. Uh, all right. Oh, boy. <laughs> also, I picked popular Shama, popular uh, Hugo stories, so okay. it might be one or the other. Also, I picked popular Steam games. Steam so. game? Fuck. All right. Gabriel? Uh-huh. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Okay, baby. very first one. Gabriel? Yep. I'm going to guess. Okay. This is a Steam game. You're guessing this is a Steam game? Steam. Possibly worth only about $15 to $35? Potentially. Ready? Yes. Ah, uh, Daniel, that is uh, Repent, Harlequin, said the TikTok man by Harlan Ellison. Okay. Hugo Award winner, 1966. Harlan Ellison, that piece of shit. That motherfucker. That motherfucker was rude to my mother. That motherfucker pulled a Cosby. Nah, that's not, that's not Pulled funny. a Cosby? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that's not funny. Sorry, sorry, Harlan. Sorry, we didn't mean a, a Ronan Go that Fa- way. We didn't mean a Ronan Faro, you. That's me, Faro. All right, Daniel. Yeah. Keep scoring. I never remember these things. All right. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Here's your next one. Okay. Decades ago, a mysterious event called the White Flash caused the death of every human female. A damaged addict finds a sole surviving baby girl and raises her in secret, naming her Buddy. When Buddy vanishes, the hero, already succumbing to the mutations brought about by his drug addiction, confronts his past, his demons, and a mysteriously familiar man who took his buddy. Daniel? Steam game? Hugo nominee slash winner. I guess that's a Hugo story. You guess it's a Hugo story? I guess it's a Hugo story. I mean, Daniel, guess what? What? <laughs> that really? is the classic Steam game, Lisa the Painful. What? <laughs> yeah, it's his famous one, Lisa the Painful. It's huh. like an a Earthbound style RPG. Oh no, I don't know that. It's a really great game. I was gonna say, like, man, is like it has like the road has like that kind of story been like in existence for a while or something like that? I mean, no, I that came on twenty fourteen by Austin Jorgensen. I was gonna say, like, it's like, okay, that makes sense. It was influenced by the road. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. a it's a really good one. It's a really good one. All right, okay. That's interesting. No, I never, right, I, never heard, I never heard of that one before. So I'm about as bad as I thought I was gonna be. <laughs> Zero points. Honestly, I assume that you would like you're you're more the steam guy out of the two of us. Uh, no, I'm not. Apparently not. <laughs> no. Hey, you're usually the one telling me about a new steam game coming out. Yeah, like one. <laughs> one or two. All right, Daniel. All right, zero, here's your next one. Zero two. Zero. On a barely habitable planet, with unusual weather conditions, a permanent mist covers most of the planet. Each morning, the mist sinks down to the mountains, where ghostly creatures hide in the valleys and kill thrill-seekers and hunters who aim to capture them. A scientific expedition sets out to find proof of these ghostly creatures, or wraiths, and a reporter in the expedition must uncover the secrets and lies behind both the leader of the expedition and the owner of the hotel that profits off the mystery in the mists. Daniel! Hugo or Steam? Guessing? This is Steam. Guessing this is Steam? Mm hmm. Alright. Ready, big boy? Oh, that's an ad for Hotel Tonight. Uh, Hotel Tonight! Oh, oh that's another zero! Really? Daniel? Yes? This is With Morning Comes Mistfall by George R.R. R. Martin. Really? Yes. Okay, indeed. I was gonna say, like, that's 1973, like... Hugo nominee. I've also, that's, I've read a lot of his short fiction. I've not read that one. Yep, With Morning Comes Mistfall. With Morning Comes Mistfall. By George R.R. Martin. Damn it, R.R. Fucking jerk. All right, so zero three. Zero three. All because of George Martin's fault. Hey, you got three more. You can right. still, you can still break even. I still break even, at best. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, ready? Number four. There you go. Stay in. Carl is a lowly social worker in The Pile, the techno slums of Coastlandia filled with effective AI and failed eugenics experiments known as Frankenpeople. He counsels gangbanging foster kid robots and confiscates camera children from deadbeat half-wolf parents. When a case goes horribly sideways, Carl witnesses the sordid truth behind human-robot-hybrid civilization. Daniel! Hugo or Steam? Steam. I'm gonna guess Steam. Daniel guesses Steam? Guessing Steam. Um, ready, Daniel? Yes. 
Ah, oh, thank God. That is Neo Feud. Okay. Made 2017. It's a point-and-click adventure. All right. Good job, Daniel. The only thing I was going by was that no story with werewolves wins anything. <laughs> Nor does it deserve to. I love werewolves. Take that, werewolf people. Like being human. Speaking of which, you ever, you ever went to a bad fucking movie? Oh, my God. Which one? Blood the, and Chocolate? No, the Benicio del Toro. Oh, yeah, the Wolfman. Uh, the greatest actor, the most lovely actor in the world, just fucking... Just Anthony Hopkins? Thrown, yeah, Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ready, Daniel. Okay. You got so, two more. You can still you can still do this. Uh, so yeah, it's it's one three at this point. I've guessed yes. one right. Okay. When their vessel becomes affected by dimensional interference, an intrepid crew escapes via teleporter, only to discover that their ship is trapped in an alternate dimension. With his crewmates stranded in the terrifying starscape, Viridian must engineer a way to survive the inhospitable space to rescue his team. Daniel, is this a Hugo story, or is this a Steam game? Now, that could literally be anything. It could be I mean, so it's, much it's of anything. Very vague. Yes. Up until like the the fact that a name was mentioned. Viridian. Dimensional. Viridian. Uh, I'm Teleporter. Gonna, I'm going to guess this is a Steam game. Okay, Daniel. You made your bed. Now lie in it. <sighs> Daniel, that is the classic game. V V V V V V. Is that one? Okay, no, I've seen that all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. All you do is you have one, you have you move and you have one button that shifts gravity. You have to go explore this landscape with awesome like Amiga graphics to save your crew. Okay. No, no, I know it's like I know it's like super like acclaimed. I just I've seen the name and I, every time I look at it, I'm like that. Thing. All right, Daniel. So I got one more question, right? Yes. Okay. So it is. And if you get this, I'll consider it a win for you. <laughs> okay. It's you round up, right? <laughs> yes, I round up. That's okay. how I do it. All right. Here's your last one. Okay. Sherlock Holmes and John Watson are hired to investigate a brutal murder in a Whitechapel slum. The victim, the detective deduces is an alien German noble with multiple limbs and an inhuman appearance. As the detective and veteran are further and further embroiled in his cosmic mystery, suspicions begin to arise that the benevolent great old ones who have ruled the world for 700 years may not be as benevolent as everyone thinks. Daniel, is this a Hugo story, or is this a game from the Steam store? <sighs> okay. So. Yes. I think this is a Hugo use, story. Use your, use your deductive reasoning. I think this is a Hugo story. I mean, like, it is, it is, cra- I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I would say, like, some kind of, like, modern era, like, Holmes and Watson story. Like, Sherlock Holmes and the Devil's Daughter game. Something like that kind of thing. Uh, like, that thing has existed and whatnot, but, like, just think about, like, can a story like that fucking win the Hugo? That said, mm-hmm. I think it's a Hugo story. Daniel thinks it's a Hugo story? If I if I might use my Sherlock Holmesian uh, deductive reasoning, it's Hugo. All right, Daniel. Hugo? Hey. Good job, Daniel. That is A Study in Emerald by Neil Gaiman. Oh, that nerd? <laughs> yeah, and it won the Hugo Award that year. Oh, we should we should read that. Yeah, funnily enough, actually, apparently it's awesome, and funnily enough, right. they never say the name Sherlock Holmes or John Watson. It's just the detective and the veteran. Hell yeah. That's which is nice. cool. It's an alternate world where uh, the queen has is like a great old one. That's interesting. No. Yeah, there was a graphic novel of it that also came out. You know what? We Yeah, we uh, haven't read any Neil Gaiman. We have not. Um, we will never... I will Un- refuse to do so unless we unless we read that one. I think it'll be fun because yeah, it's a short story too. We also uh, we also don't talk about uh, Sherlock Holmes all that much because yeah. neither of us are like huge dripping fans. Yeah, he's fine. I like you know? I like Holmes just fine. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I liked it enough, but I, I've only seen the first two series. Oh, of Sherlock? Of Sherlock, yeah. I mean, you really don't need to watch more. Uh, yeah, I'm also a, a really big fan of uh, this second Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, um, I have not seen it. Actually, it, I'm a, if there's one thing that I think is worth season three, it's the first episode where it has one of my favorite moments in all of Sherlock, where uh, obviously Sherlock's I, I alive. Mind, yeah. Obviously, you know that okay. part. But really wonderful moment where um, people keep on they keep on showing people's imaginings of how Sherlock Holmes survived. Yeah. And the best one is Watson's guess, which is that... Uh, um, he's about to fake the fall, and it's him and Moriarty on the roof being like, John, I'm gonna die! And he's like, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, man, I'm doing it! And then they're about to kiss, and then it ends, and it's it's like the, the 
fan serviciest like funniest thing they do it's great <laughs> that's from watson yeah and watson's like like he's so pissed at him and that's how <laughs> that's what he thinks actually happens that he faked his death and ran off to like be in love with moriarty okay it's it's great the rest of the series is not that good i really really think that i've always yeah i know and that's it you know what we should do we should watch none of that little drummer girl yeah we should we should finish little drummer girl and also big show Gabriel. Yep. Uh, that's a great game. Good job. You won, Daniel. Congratulations. Uh, I, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won we with, tied, technically. with sympathy on my side. <laughs> I could find another random one if you want, just uh, to prove a point. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. All right. That's good. But let's move on, because right now we need to move on to the last segment where we're going to do final thoughts. Yep. Hazy memories. Yeah. Talk about what we're going to do next. Blarp. Right, Gabriel. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw it to break. All right. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. What up, babies? Two. Rose leaders. Rose rose leaders? Rose leaders. Rose leaders. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Huh? What says the, the rose leaders? The rose leaders? Yeah. Where we talk about everything leading up to the Rose Bowl. Oh, okay. That's coming up. Yeah. I, forgot, I don't think it is. is forgot. It? I don't <laughs> fucking no, know. Um, I just, no, yeah, we just saw a question on that in the thing. It's not coming up. Yeah. I don't think it's coming up. Is football season on? Yeah. News to me. <laughs> Go on. Gabriel, you are still Gabriel. I'm still Gabriel. I'm still Daniel. Yeah, you are. And we are slow readers. That's who we America's are. America's fast-paced literature podcast. That's it. That's what we do. Oh, my God. You shot me. <laughs> right there in the penis. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. That's us. Gabriel. Yep. So final thoughts real quick uh-huh. on Ted Chang's short fiction, Exhalation, yeah. in the collected book, Exhalation. Uh-huh. Gabriel. Yeah. Final thoughts. Um, this is, as I said before, this isn't really my thing, mm-hmm. but I, I find it curious for you, as knowing you, that <laughs> you like this and you don't like, you, you actively say that Lovecraft is a bad writer. This is better written than Lovecraft, in my opinion, yeah. but I think what I find really cool about this and what I find, what I appreciate, love, appreciate, Appreciate what do you appreciate, which appreciate means you appreciate it. something while masturbating. Exactly. <laughs> I look at Lovecraft's face while I beat it. Okay. That the boringness and the technical speaking is on purpose. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. So like the, the the impacts don't hit as hard if he jumped straight to the weirdness. So I love the lulling. I'm fascinated by it into into and like the very slow bring folding you in on the reality of the world, like yeah. the world building, and it's it's fascinating. I'm a, I think this is a really great short story. I mean, it. This one, did this one the Hugo? I, th- I think it did. I think this short story specifically won the Hugo. This one, that's why I came up with the game. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's a. I, I feel curiously. I think it's a little slight, to be perfectly honest. That it's like, here's an idea. Be well. It. it, it I mean, it, like, I, I thought there'd be more of a payoff. Perfectly honestly. But it it's it works that the craft is there, the writing is there, the skill is there. But I really anticipated there being a little bit more to it. That you know that I thought like crazy reveal, uh-huh. awesome examination of humanity. Oh, and he just says bye. And it's a, well, well, cool. Yeah, All but right. That's the yeah, but that's oh okay, well, that's. I'm, I'm, I was ahead. slightly <laughs> let my, my expectations were you know were diffused, uh-huh. and perhaps that's his intention as well. But. That's me putting my own brain on a thing. So yeah. but I think it's a wonderful story. Yeah. I can't recommend it to everyone. But, you know, if you like sci-fi and you're fascinated by this kind of writing, then 150% go for it. Yeah. Daniel, your final thirds. Yes. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. In a very, that's a very good way to put it. Because, again, like when I when this started, it again, this isn't necessarily my kind of style of writing either. Mm-hmm. That said, I have a more deeper appreciation of this and whatnot. Like, I feel that, like, Ted Chang is speaking also to an audience who can appreciate, like, the more technical aspects of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like, it is it is very much, like, he doesn't build, like, a fantastical world with nations and whatnot. Yeah. But he builds, like, this fantastic, not, like, fantastical technology, but one, like, science fiction technology. Sure. So, like, that is, that is very much, um, yeah, no, it is very much, like, the style of the story. It's the it same. It takes a lot of skill to write about a world that's highly specific without making it seem, like, like, obvious yeah. or overly expositional. Yeah, and and again, like I think the the, the fact that you keep expository, not expositional, bring, bring up like Lovecraft, like it's like yeah, well Lovecraft, Lovecraft can't write any way other than his the way he writes. Like that's a fair point. And then also Lovecraft has characters that come off as dull, flat, or they're just repeating the same character. What character. about the guy who's in the tower who climbs and he's ugly? 
<laughs> that yeah, that's that's the plot twist of that story. Yeah. At the end, someone sees him and is just like, "Oh my god! Oh fuck! He's ugly!" Like, oh, dun, dun, I dun. am. Well, damn. No, um, no, but like, like for with Lovecraft, you see that he's a very limited writer, and that mm-hmm. he like he has he has very strong strengths, but a lot of weaknesses. I would say from I would say that's interesting. Whereas like this is a guy who. I mean, that whole story about the guy goes in the crypt and the phone call thing. Simple story. <laughs> very chilling. Yeah. Like, he he has... Don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel like maybe we should do another Lovecraft I mean, he'd, he'd hate me if he met me. He'd oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He would, he would think that you're... Yellow not, menace! Like, yep. Narlar Thotep's slave or something like that. Yeah. But no, no. Um, But no, just saying, like, no, maybe we should do another Lovecraft because I feel like we could also just go on about, like, how we've perceived, like, his strengths and weakness sure. and whatnot. But, but Ted Chang, like, here's the thing. I have no idea what the third chrono... Uh, uh, not chronological... Um, uh, in chromosomal the third story in this uh w- what it's going to be i don't know what it's going to be because again like uh look at the style of the first story look at the style of the second story realize that that's not the style he writes in that's the style he chooses to write in yeah and i'm so curious because i've very much connected with the main like story and theme and whatnot that you really get out of these that it's it's they're they're kind of amazing and again like between me and you i have a, a deeper appreciation of, of science fiction and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so like, this is when, like when I look at this and I, I just go like, damn, that's good. Like I'll, I'll never, I could never write a science fiction story because truly I look at this and I was just like, I can't fucking do that. I mean, shit. like there's no fucking chance. This, this is like an this story, incredibly yeah. deep one. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, like also he spends like, I don't know how long he spent writing this 40 page short story, you know, yeah. no idea. So Bonkers. that said, um, uh, oh, Hazy Memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we have one more segment on this uh, when we're going to talk about the book, and it's a little thing that's brought to you by uh, uh, Whip Around Podcast. I must have talked about radio. Uh, <laughs> the Whip Around Podcast uh, 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 main mono, uh, Jonathan sure. B. Hayes. Yeah. Okay, Jonathan B. Horny. Jonathan B. Horny. Where basically we, we do this thing called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Where we talk about that thing we're going to remember years from now. We go, hey, remember that story, Escalation? Ex- escalation? Exclamation. Uh, the, starring St- uh, Sylvester Stallone? Sure. Uh, no. Uh, what are you going to remember uh, then from this story? Gabriel, what yep. is your Hazy Memory from Exhalation? Exhal- God, that's fucking I say. don't know. I think I'm just going to think about just the... the it's, it's such a interestingly written story it's so thick in a different style mm. that it's hard to pinpoint anything a single moment in it it's a short story as it is but maybe i'm just gonna think about that the description of the slow reveal of the lungs mm-hmm. and the and him taking off his brain plates that it it's very evocative it's, it's hardcore sci-fi and it's very human which I, 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 interestingly enough, I appreciate. I'm, my hazy memory is going to be the craft of the writing more than the story itself. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of very Ted Chiang anyway. For you, Daniel, what is your high is a my memory? No, that's a, it's very similar to what you said. Like the three main points is that one, that kind of realization when like he starts talking about like taking out lungs and you just mm-hmm. realize like, oh, these are robots. Mm-hmm. Um, like some kind of robots, but you don't really, it's not, they don't, they don't call themselves robots. Then, then there's that, just like the very extended sequence of them, of him opening up his own brain. And also like, you almost don't expect it because this is the kind of thing that's almost too heady. That's actually in fiction. That's like, oh, the realization that like my, I exist because of wind blowing through like these gold leaflets at the center of my brain. Um, and I was like, I was like, fucking hell. Wow. Sure. Uh, Sky vodka. For me, I think it's going to be the kind of like that big titular moment when like he actually uses the word exhalation that and you kind of moment. get the sensation because like that is it is if this is like a very much like like a high science fiction, like philosophical, like interpretation, reflection and kind of like just like ruminating about like accepting whatnot, death and whatnot. Yeah, um, that is a wonderful kind of way to just represent it a bit and yeah. just just the idea that and essentially if our world is dying um you can essentially look at it as of that is we are going through one big exhalation and at some point uh there's yeah it's it's exhalation there's no at some point we're just gonna run out of air yeah. and whatnot so Daniel, you're right i shouldn't have kids you shouldn't have kids i mean they're all gonna burn up and t- by 2050 yeah that in is the my, sun that, uh, that is genuinely my entire logic for you know it's probably a bad idea to have kids or actually uh no have kids because you know what uh gabriel uh, Maybe uh, one of them will fix the problem. Well, hey, uh, we we were born on this planet, but we weren't meant to die on it. 
That's very true. That's there was a really cute blonde at the bar the other night. Yeah, do it for her, Gabriel. Yeah, I'm gonna do it just for her. I mean, that is the best way to look at it. So yeah, we'd have the prettiest babies. Do it for her. Yes. Sure. Uh, Gabriel. Uh huh. I think I think we're done talking about the short story. Fuck off, Ted. But you know what? Maybe we'll bring Ted back. Yeah. For, in the future, because like I said, like I. That's will be better off, Ted. <laughs> better off, Ted. Yeah, that was a show on on a uh, ABC. Oh, okay. I was thinking about better off dead, and just yes. I thought you were doing that. Yes. It's both. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with a better name for this. That said, uh-huh. um, let's set it aside for now. Okay. Let's not throw in the trash just yet like we do with the other fucking trash That's writers. That's true. I burn every single one of these books I'm done with them. Gabriel? Uh-huh. So next week. Yes. Cross your fingers. We'll be doing- Poisonwood Bar- Bible? Barbara Kingsolver's Poisonwood Bible. Daniel, I gotta admit, I don't think we're gonna get to it next week because I have to return the books because they are already like a week and a half overdue because I bought from the library. Oh, wow. So I probably have to wait a little while. We might be better off doing another short thing Shit, we next week. probably buy the books. Yeah. Maybe we just buy the books. Oh, no. But we don't get paid for another few days. Uh, Gabriel, uh-huh. Um, how about this? We have two ways to do this. You, I'm sorry, I keep like, kind of leaning back. I'm sorry about that, listeners. Fat Joe. Um, Gabriel. Uh, fat Joe. Fat Joe Radio. Let's do a rap song. Right away, we're going to do Run the Jewels. Everybody, take out my gold. Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, so next week, we have a couple of ways we could do this. It is Shocktober. Actually, oh, yeah. no. One second. Not next week. No, isn't no, it? no. Next week isn't that. So yeah, we... it's still the 29th next week. So, okay. You know what we could do? What's that? Uh, next week, we could possibly do, uh, I think you mentioned uh, George Saunders' story that we could do. We could. We could do that. We, we could do one of the, one of the what's it called? One of the Hugo stories I suggested. You could do that. We could do that fucking nerds. Neil Gaiman's that fucking fucking goddamn story. We could do author that. of American Gods serious letdown. Oh, you piece of shit. Anansi Boys is much better. Uh, we could do that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you can decide. Um, sure. You don't need to do it right Let's now. Let's do the first five hundred strips of the Order of the Stick. Deal. Uh, God, you know how long that would actually fucking take? Probably a while. A long time. What five hundred? Yeah, but like I remember when it got to like like issue like number like a thousand. That's when I stopped reading it. I love web comics, and what I do is that um I'll reread an entire thing and enjoy it, and then I'll wait about two years and then do it all over again. I used to do that. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, I still follow questionable content and Order of the Stick. Actually, I've I've been rereading Order of the Stick like today. Oh yeah. 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 So great. I, I used to do that. Like I said, I, I haven't. Check I haven't. out Order of the Stick. It's a webcomic about Dungeons and Dragons. It's Dungeons and Dragons. It's like giant. Giant in, in, in the, the playground. playground. Giant, giant ITP.com. Jinx. Here. You owe me a Coke, motherfucker. No, I f- fuck you. So yeah, you, you get to decide what we're going to do next week. We're just going to surprise these assholes. Yeah, we're going to do something fun. We're going to do something random. Maybe we'll bring back Pumping Spice Latte episode. Wait, we will talk about this, and also maybe throughout uh, October we're gonna do horror stories. Yeah, if you guys have recommendations, please come at us. Well, we should do we should do an Oats. We should do a Lovecraft. Sure. Maybe a King, and we're definitely gonna do the spookiest book of them all, Poisonwood Bible. Yeah, that'll be the last one. <laughs> that'll be the last one. Let's let's that for the end of October because it's a big book. Or we can push Poisonwood Bible first week like in November. November. Yeah. First week in November, <laughs> Poisonwood Bible. Okay. I'm gonna buy a fucking copy. Same. I'm gonna read it because it's a very good book. Same. Oprah liked it. Oprah liked it, and she liked famous Australian novel, Light in August. Light in August. And the other one, As I Lay Dying. That's a very good one. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel? Mm-hmm. The Sound and the Fury. The Song and the That's Fury. more British. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I said That's it too. A, I'm I like Eliza Doolittle. Gabriel? What? It's time to do plugs. Watch okay. plugs. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as I said before, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. I contributed to this thing, and I produced an episode about my wife. Um, uh, it's called The Talk We Were Supposed to Have, Episode 3. Long Distance Radio, another wonderful podcast, also re-released it. Um, it's a big deal. It's about my life. It's really cool. It's very, very emotionally bearing is pretty heavy um it was featured in av club's pod mass i'm very very proud of that um so please check that out uh the more listeners that show gets the more likely they'll have a second season and i'd love it to have a second season and gabriel's exciting story will return we'll continue all about living in los angeles and seeing fucking filipino movies in a movie theater hey. gonna go to historic filipino town and hey. try some other person's ube ice cream hey, hey, hey. besides that follow me on instagram at read.richards read like reading a book there you'll find pictures of cocktails in my face and books sometimes i'm very bad at instagram 
Um, and that's about all. Daniel, yes. plague. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tough Count Radio, on Instagram at Slow Readers. <gasps> and also, you can buy my fiction on Amazon. You can get uh, The Cook in the King, uh, A Cook in the Kingdom, and uh-huh. The Shadow from the Deep. The Cook in the Kingdom. Uh, and also, you could always go to TuffGallonPress.com for all information on my books and whatnot. And what's going on? In the meantime, I'm working on things. Yeah. <laughs> God aren't we damn all? it. Jesus. So, that's the end of the show. Cool. Gabriel, do your one of your famous send-offs. All right, chili beans, put that there up in your pants and fly high to the skies and dry your eyes because we'll see you next time. Gabriel? Ma. This is why you're paid 20 cents on the dollar more than women. (laughs) That's terrible, and I'm sorry. Yes. That's the end of the show. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Top